welcome back to Minds of Metal. My name is Daria. And I'm Laz. Who's going to say it? I'll do you do it. Yeah, you, you did. Because you're wearing the shirt. <laughs> Today on the Metal Chronicles, we are going to be talking about the early years of Iron Maiden. Very exciting. First yeah. two albums. So we're going to be talking about the album that came out in uh, 1980, which is called Iron Maiden, and the album that came out the year later in 1981, and it's called Killers. Yeah. Um, two incredible Iron Maiden albums, and it's funny because Iron Maiden are not known for these albums. If you yeah. say to anyone Iron Maiden, they'll tell you Power Slave, Number of the Beast, yeah. Seventh Son of the Seventh Son. But, only true Maiden fans, you know, people people inside the Maiden circle will tell you about these albums. And honestly, the first that Iron Maiden's first album is probably in my top five Iron Maiden albums of all time. Really? And there's, yeah, there's even wow. an argument for it being top Brilliant. three. Um, so that's something I have to consider. Okay. But let's get into it. We're going to talk about the musical aspects of it as well as uh, the, the vocals. Yeah. About the lineup back in the day, it was actually different to the current lineup. Yeah, so you had on the first album you had Clive Burr on drums um, and Dennis Stratton on guitar, and the second album that's when Adrian Smith, who is currently still in the band, joined. Um, and the one difference from the band now is mm -hmm. that Yannick Gers it wasn't Gers. in the early Iron Maiden. Yannick Gers didn't come to Maiden until 1990. Um, so that's yeah. where we are. But the most important difference <laughs> compared to what fans who think they know Iron Maiden know, yeah. is Paul a singer. Diano. So do you want to talk to us Paul about Paul Diano. So uh, right now, obviously, you all know that Bruce Dickinson sings for Iron Maiden, and he has been for absolute years. Uh, but for first two albums, Paul Diano sang for Iron Maiden. So he actually kind of opened Iron Maiden, you know, yeah. with the others to the world. So that's I think that's very significant, and we will obviously talk about it today. One other thing I want to talk about before we sort of get into the albums themselves is the what's come before um, beforehand uh, yeah. to get metal in this place. So you saw from our Paranoid episode that, you know, 1970, that's the year that I think we can safely say that met heavy metal was introduced to the world as an entity, as a new music genre. Black Sabbath, Friday, 13th of February, 1970, Black Sabbath, the debut album, Introduction of Heavy Metal. Now, you've got 10 years between the introduction of heavy metal to the world and Iron Maiden's first album. And so things you've got to be thinking about that are going on. You've got Sabbath doing their thing. Um, just a quick thing, Iron Maiden started in 75. Yeah. The first album was 80. Um, and you've got to look at what was going on to influence this first album. Now, throughout the 70s, you've got the rise of punk growing. Um, you've got the likes of Deep, uh, Deep Purple, Queen and Black Sabbath doing their things, while Sabbath are the main metal ones. You've got Deep Purple with the screams, with the fast-paced guitars. Yeah. You've got Queen doing some heavy stuff. You know, the sheer heart yeah. attack album's heavy. Um, I'm got, sure we'll talk about that Yeah, today. you've got glam metal coming up at the end of the 70s with Van Halen doing their thing. And you've got Thin Lizzy as well with yeah. really staple marking the, their dual leads as a big characteristic of them. And I made them have gone to do the same. Yeah, so there's a lot of influences going on. And I'm sure we'll hear all these influences actually in the albums in both they're of all them. There. Actually, they're all yeah. there. They're all very, very much there, aren't they? Mm -hmm. So we're going to really discuss it today. Yeah. The first album, as we said, is 1980, and it's called Iron Maiden. It starts off with the song Prowler, which I think is a really cool song because it's it's like kind of hair metal to me. It's just yeah. that classic rock riff. Um, 
um, really get, gets the song going. And all these songs are short as well. For, yeah. For Iron Maiden fans, you yeah. know that they're very good and capable of writing long songs. I'm talking anything from six to 20-odd minute long. Yeah. Um, but this is a much shorter album. I think that's more reflective of the kind of punk style they're going for. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like punchy. Yeah. out there get it done. Uh, yeah just get it done short and sweet paul diano obviously because i'm a singer i will be talking a lot about paul diano today because i've done some really detailed listening to both albums and i focused a lot on the vocals and his phrasing is so different to bruce's you know to bruce dickinson's if you are a current Maiden fan, or I don't know if you like all the you know famous stuff like Power Slave, etc., etc. You'll know that Bruce has this very operatic, accurate vocal phrasing, and uh, Paul Diano, what he brought, and what I really loved actually, he's got this raspiness to the tone. He's got this punchy phrasing. He's got definitely a lot of punk there as he, well. I he's think he's got attitude. Attitude, yes. And you know what you said about Deep Purple? Huge Ian Gillen vibes. Like, yeah. lots. It's funny because he's got a very... You hear him in most of the songs of the first two albums and he's like, you yeah, know, ah, you're running through the bush. You know, he's giving this attitude. But then you yeah. hear a song like Remember Tomorrow, which I think is the second or third song of the first album. And his voice is just so stunningly smooth. Like, Slum he's just soft. soft. Yeah. yeah. Um, a little note on that song is that if you follow the, you know, if any of you checked out our Metallica video, the, the Metallica Metal Chronicles, we discussed briefly how Metallica innovated um, sort of slow songs in metal. We told you that they did a slow intro, or let's call it slow and soft. Intro, verse, heavier chorus, back to slow and soft, intro and verse, heavier chorus, and then heavy ending. Maiden, Remember Tomorrow, 1980, one year before Metallica's first album and two years before they did their first soft song, Maiden did yeah. it, and it follows the same structure. Soft verse, soft chorus, soft verse, soft chorus, heavier ending. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful structure, actually. Yeah. And talking about that, we can also mention that so many long instrumental sections in the songs, like Phantom of the Opera, for example, mm. and it's just stunning to listen to, and you can hear the amount of skill the amount of, you know, th this very melodic writing from Steve Harris, actually. Mm. It's very technical to play. I mean, I remember that was one of the first songs I learned on bass, really? uh, or tried to, because it was so hard. But it is cool, because you've got the, the the intricacy of all the notes you've got to play. You know, it's very hard. The, and it goes with the vocal melody. It goes, I've, I've been listening out for you now. You won't get away from my grass. But that's on bass. It's like playing the classical music. Yeah. Um, but that song's great, because... What you learn about Iron Maiden throughout the years is they'll always they'll never afraid to change things up. If they if they've done a long verse and a chorus and a verse and a chorus, then they might completely change tempo going into the solo section. And Phantom of the Opera is the biggest first example the world got about Iron Maiden for that because you've got that you've got the verse and chorus and the, the section that we all know and then there's that section where it goes all quiet and it goes keep your distance and it completely changes and then after that it takes it really down it takes it soft and it goes almost into a waltz with a guitar going and it just sort of basks in its in its glory and it gives every section the time it needs yeah. i don't think they ever overstate it yeah absolutely and you know i just think for those of you who don't know steve harris wrote most of iron maiden stuff 
And I mean everything. Yeah, not just these albums. Not just everything. like the music or the He wrote everything. And that's quite something, isn't it? I mean, if you look at their discography, they released so, so many albums. And uh, also, we 15. just have to... Yeah, there's so 15, many. I think, yeah. uh, we have to remember that it's, you know, because Steve Harris is a bass player. The melodies, they're yeah. so like, stuff like bass doubling the vocal melody. Mm. That's really well, great. Bass breaks as well. I mean, look at the song Iron Maiden. Uh, uh, let's look at the songs Running Free and Iron Maiden. Running Free, listen to that bass at the start. I love it. Very punky. Yeah. And you can survive. You want to sort of yeah. jump along with it. it the funny thing is that this is heavy metal. This is Iron Maiden, one of the leading bands of the new wave of British heavy yeah. metal. Um, but it's funny because. You're kind of hearing all the other influences in this album. You're hearing the punk. You're hearing the Queen. The the chorus of the song yeah. Iron Maiden. I think mm. so Queeny. It oh, is. Oh wow. Wherever, it is. Wherever you That's are. That's a great point. And the vocal harmonies they got going as well. But yeah. you can hear where they come from. And we mentioned it at the start. Deep Purple, Queen, Van Halen, all this stuff that's led them up to where to, to get into this album done. But this was a new form of heavy metal. I think yeah. we call it Maiden Metal because yeah. in the next Metal Chronicles we do about Iron Maiden, whenever that's be, we're going to talk about the Maiden characteristics that are in their classic albums. Yeah. But you're hearing the starts, the, yeah. the early beginnings of it here, aren't you? And you know, I love that Iron Maiden song. Iron Maiden. Which one? Oh, Iron Maiden. I love yeah, that. Yeah. It's like such an anthemic kind of yeah. song. And they and play it. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, they play it or they should play it every gig. Every time. I, I've seen them about five times and they play it every Oh, why time. wouldn't you? Yeah, you should, yeah. <laughs> you know, why wouldn't you? And I, you know, going back to Running Free, I love that song. I'm mm. Running Free. Again, very singy, isn't it? Mm. You want to sing along and you just want to sort of bounce with it. But it's almost it's like stuff. Paul Diano isn't singing it. But he's he's giving you the clues of how to sing it. Yeah. But he's shouting, "I'm running free!" Like he's he's not actually giving you a proper melody. I don't think. No. I think it's like he's he's telling the fans what to sing, but he's doing it in his own raspy, attitude-filled way. It's got very conversational phrasing in yeah. places, but it actually it's very appealing because you do want to sing along. Yeah. You feel like it's an invitation almost to sing along, and you're like, "Yeah, hell yeah, I'm up for it." That's really interesting because I actually thinking about it. These these first the first couple of albums have as many kind of anthemic choruses as I think any Iron Maiden album. I really think good. so. Um, before we move on, uh, I just want to mention uh, run, uh, in Iron Maiden the song you've got that little bass break um, which comes about three quarters into the song. Um, and again, you got to think seventies. You know what's come before funk and disco is going on in the 70s as well. And you've got slap bass coming in. And you listen to um, Paul Simon, Graceland. There's mm. a slap bass solo in the middle of that. It lasts like four seconds. It's not crazy. But it kind of is reminiscent of what you hear Steve Harris do halfway through Iron Maiden. So I just don't think we can under, under what's the word, understate how whilst Iron Maiden have introduced themselves to the world in such a devastatingly awesome metal fashion, mm -hmm. you can still hear what's come before them in their music. But it's just a testament to them, their musicianship and their songwriting that they have put their own personality on it. Yeah, because actually this comes back to what we said in Sabbath episode. It's about all these inspirations by all these amazing musicians that were around at that point. And it's about your willingness to learn from these people also. Mm. And that's that's great because that just shows how open you are yeah. actually as well as a musician. You have your you know, open mind. I think that's really important. Yeah. 
for the second album, you had um, Dennis Stratton left the band and Adrian Smith came in. And Adrian Smith would be the Iron Maiden guitarist for the next uh, nine years uh, following this induction. He would leave in 1990 where Yannick Gers would come in. Um, but yes, the second album is Killers uh, came out a year later. And I don't think there's necessarily too much more to say because the energy is the same in this album. I yeah. feel that the chords and the kind of chord progressions you're hearing are a bit darker. They are, they do sort of lean slightly more towards that dissonance that we were talking about in the Sabbath episode. I agree with you, but I also think that it continues like what they started in the first album. You can yeah. still hear that influence of yeah, the first definitely. album. But I just feel that there was some more minor chords in there, yeah. a bit more dissonance yeah, that kind of definitely. lent it towards that Sabbath metal we were talking about. Um, but also, starting with an instrumental, yeah. Ides of March is an instrumental. Yeah, and there's also an uh, instrumental on Transylvania from the first album as well. Just note that yeah. because uh, Maiden love instrumentals and they do them, they do one in Power Slave as well. So they're no strangers to writing just music. Yeah. And again, Metallica potentially took the inspiration from there because they love the instrumentals yeah. every now and again. Um, something interesting, that th this is the most important aspect of the album for me. Um, if you were to ask my opinion, I would uh, I would class the first two Iron Maiden albums as punk metal. That's how I'd like to do it. Uh, as in, just for me. You, I anyone, see why you would. Anyone, everyone yeah. can disagree. Yeah, the top metal critics in the world can disagree. But for me, I hear punk and I hear metal. Now, what's really interesting about the second album, Killers, is the production on it. Compare the production of Killers compared to Iron Maiden, and you'll hear that it's a lot more polished. Um, it's just a lot more work's been done. It sounds crisper. It sounds sweeter. And I think that is a huge, tiny step. To, to someone who doesn't know, it might not mean a lot. But you're taking that step. Punk is very raw, aggressive, dirty mm. sounding. A non-produced album in punk would be fine. But in, as, as a lot of you know for heavy metal, an album has to be produced well for all the tones to work with each other. And I think them taking the step from the rawness of Iron Maiden and then moving on to Killers, which was more more polished, better produced, I think that's another step towards the metal. Yeah. We know they're metal, but Killers was like, okay, you punk, are you metal? Killers is going to tell you what you are. You're metal. But you know, also, uh, there is a song called uh, Prodigal Son that I found quite different because you've got this acoustic guitar and there's almost like a folky vibe to it, which I really enjoyed it. And you then have also electric guitars dueling, just reminding you of that Maiden sound. Yeah. You know, it's like they're trying something new because that's, that's different for metal, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but yeah, keeping the electric guitars in dueling just to say, hey, you know, this is us still. <laughs> yeah, so um, the dual lead guitars is something we should talk about as well because that's sort of something that Iron Maiden, they didn't really establish it in their first two albums as this was a characteristic of them, but from all the albums from Number of the Beast onwards, you can hear the dual lead guitars are so huge. And we've been talking, uh, and what that is, just for anyone who doesn't know, is it's one guitar playing a melody and another one playing... Uh, the, a harmonized version of that melody yeah. um, and it's just yeah two guitars playing a melody not really one playing a rhythm now where this came from and we spoke about the influences before is you've got to think through the 70s you've got Thin Lizzy doing their thing and a huge 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 characteristic of Thin Lizzy was the dual guitars now sometimes I can't remember the, the guy I think it was Scott Gorham um 
Gary Moore was in Thin Lizzy as well for, for, for a period. Um, but this was such a huge characteristic of Thin Lizzy, the dual lead guitars. And they wrote Irish music. They wrote folk music. They wrote, you know, everything, not just heavy metal or hard rock. Um, and so you can definitely hear what I, the influence Iron Maiden have taken from Thin Lizzy there. And another thing is that Steve Harris, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm 99% sure he was a Phil Linnett fan because Phil Linnett, if you listen to the Live and Dangerous Thin Lizzy album, Phil Linnett is galloping a lot on there. And we'll get to, we'll get to Steve, we'll get Steve Harris's galloping uh, in future albums. Yeah, and uh, do you remember when we were preparing for the episode, we both said how Van Halen needed guitars are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think actually the title track is a very good example of it. If you want to listen to, you know, dual guitars, Van halen -y kind of vibe, Killers of the Killers album is a great example of that. Yeah, for the, me song, the song Wrathchild as well, yep. the solo in there is very Van Halen-y. Um, you've got more I, more of these kind of bass leading some melodies as well coming through, you know, Murders in the Room Org, you kind of got a little bass solo and a melody. It's my favourite um, of the album. It is great, yeah. Then in Killers as well, you've got the bass lead. Um, yeah, I mean, this is Iron Maiden introducing themselves to the world. And it's kind of like, was, was album one a fluke? Can they do it again? Can they make it more metal or more punky? What are they going to do? Killers just comes in and sort of yeah. hits that mark. This is what Iron Maiden is. Yeah, and I think this is where Maiden rhythms, you know, signature Maiden rhythms start to show themselves. Yeah, I think they came more in with like Number of the Beast and later, but you later. hear them, especially things like hits, you know, the, the, yep. like at the end of Hallowed Be Thy Name, when you've got the band together, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. They do a lot of stuff in that. Check out the song from Killers, Genghis Khan. It's got those kind of unison hits there already. Yeah. And these little things that we're talking about, the lead guitars, the galloping rhythms, the um, unison hits, they're, they're playing with it in the first two albums, aren't yeah. they? They're just sort of testing the wars. Then so. from Number of the Beast onwards, this is, we know that these characteristics, this is what would shape Iron Maiden in the 80s. Oh, we're going to have so much to talk about yeah. when we do that Metal Chronicles mm. episode. I actually really want to give credit to Clive Burr here on this album. I thought the drumming was just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, playing on the album is executed fantastically, and that's from all the musicians uh, on the albums, you know, both of them. Um, and Clive Burr is as much a part of that as Steve Harris, Paul Diano, mm -hmm. uh, Dennis Stratton and yeah. Dave Murray. So, yeah. Well, I just want to say a little bit about Paul Diano in this album. I think, again, yes. we're continuing with this Ian Gillen-inspired phrasing with very sort of attitude vibe. I right. like it. I do. And I watched some live performances from that time that they did. And he's got so much energy. And yeah. his stage presence is great. And uh, it's... I enjoy that. I am a fan of Bruce Dickinson, however, but I am also a fan of Paul Deanna after listening to these two albums. I think he brought, you know, like I said, raspy tone in it, very punchy phrasing, which I liked. It is active, but it, it's also a little bit laid back in places because the way he finishes his phrases, like with a little slide, you know, murders in the room, oh, like that, ah, you know, like mm. that. And that's, that's actually punky to me in a way you know it's like yeah. he's just laid back you know he's doing his thing i really love that i really love that and uh yeah that just that attitude is really what did it for me yeah no he's brilliant and he's yeah it's a shame i mean we'll get to we'll get to the 90s maiden in another one further down the line um but blaze bailey was also another replacement yeah. for bruce dickinson much later on paul diana i mean 
it's a shame. I'm so conflicted because people say to me, you know, Paul or Bruce, and everyone would say Bruce, and I would say Bruce. You actually would be surprised. Yeah, but You'd be I, surprised. I would. But I would say Bruce, but there's something about Paul and his voice and the way he makes those songs sound that I think is just it really hits the spot for me. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good place yeah. to end it, right? Yeah. We were gonna. We, there's a part I was gonna talk about. Number of the Beast. Maybe we were gonna, but I don't think we will because. There's yeah. two schools of thoughts with Number of the Beast. Musically, I think you can link it with the first two albums. I think you start to hear more Signature Maiden come in musically, but I think overall the feel is still a bit punky. Think about the intro to Run to the Hills and those drums. It's really punky. So we were going to think about linking Number of the Beast as part of this early thing, but the most important thing about Number of the Beast is that it's Bruce Dickinson yeah. and this is his first album with the band so we thought let's move Number of the Beast over and we'll leave it with the, the classic albums of the 80s so we'll do those ones all on the next one so we don't know when we're going to yeah. carry on we'll do a few other but well, we are going to carry on yeah we'll do sure. a few other Metal Chronicles <laughs> before but um, Iron Maiden you know one of my look poster <laughs> poster shirt matching um, one of well, one of my favorite bands, New Life. And yeah, I do Dayton. love them a lot, um, and especially after watching that documentary that you showed me, I just love it so six, much. Yeah. We'll leave we'll leave a link uh, under the video. Yeah. Uh, you can just have a look; it's it's fantastic. The um and the albums coming up in the eighties are the best, so they've got that one to look forward to as yeah. well. So we'll do a few other Metal Chronicles first, and then we'll get back on yeah. track with Iron Maiden. So awesome. yeah, thank you for uh, joining us for this video. Hit hit like, subscribe, share it with everyone. You love, look at you being like a. YouTuber, Fine. look at that! I love that. Give us a like just for that. Look at that. Well done. Hit uh, the button right here. here. <laughs> Is it going to come up? I will make it come up. Good. Yeah, right. like like right there. It would be. Yeah. So hit. Uh, <laughs> please like, subscribe, hit the button here. Okay. <laughs> look and, at uh, that. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, subscribe to our channel for new videos. And if you're here for the first time, welcome to the channel. Check out our other stuff. We've done a few episodes already. Mm -hmm. um, and so also, yeah. for those of you know, I'm sure you like looking at us, but uh, if you would rather listen, if you've got a morning commute you've got to do, we're also on all podcasting platforms. So all it is is the audio taken from these videos, put onto a podcast just for those who can't watch all the time. Maybe you're at work, maybe you're driving to, to work or something. Um, you got the option to listen to us on the podcast as well. Yep. Again, find all the links in the description. I always leave all the links for you guys, for your convenience. And join us on our socials on Instagram. Uh, Dario Vocalist, Laz Unleashed. Very, yep, yep. <laughs> Slaying it. <laughs> very easy to find us on socials. And yeah, we'll see you again very soon. Have a metal day. Have a lovely day. And we'll see you soon.